this week I was I was speaking to a friend, me and two other guys, we kind of, we try to just call each other and we talk and a lot of times we're just kind of messing around, but we try to get some sort of passage from the Bible and just talk as friends. And uh, I was talking to one of my buddies, he was just, I was letting him know, hey, this is kind of where God's brought me, we're pastoring this church and kind of telling him how that looked the first two weeks. And he was just like, man, that's so awesome. But, and we, we began talking, and we kept talking. He was like, he kind of gave me this warning, right? He was like, just, he's like, don't ever let it be where you just get caught up in, because I was in the office, but I don't like being in the office back there because it's, it's pretty hot. So I'm sweating talking to him, but he's like, hey, man, just, just go out. Just, just keep doing you. Don't change what you've been doing or, like, who God called you to be because now you got this, this title, right? But he was just, so, he, and I was like, I was just agreeing. I was like, yeah, you're right. Because he was just saying, like, you have, you have influence. And so a lot of times he was like, you could probably go in and, and study the word and prepare a sermon. And that's awesome. But at the end of the day, a Sunday sermon is, is really nothing, right? More information doesn't bring transformation, right? It takes an activation. So today, and that's where we get to what actually is a sermon, but just throughout today when you're listening, if you've got an iPhone, which almost everyone probably does, you can take notes. If you've got a pen and paper, if the Holy Spirit reveals to you something, Write it down, because trust me, when you leave here in a couple hours, you're probably going to forget. And so more information doesn't bring transformation unless it's activated. Okay, so we have to activate what the Word of God is telling us and what He's speaking on our life. So I'm going to read Hebrews 12, 1 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, because when you read the Bible all throughout passage, it's, there's so much comparisons to a race, right? And so I'm like, why, why does the Bible compare a Christian walk to a race? Well, there is. There's a lot of parallels, right? Both require perseverance. If you've ever been in a race or if you've ever ran, it's not easy, right? Maybe after time it becomes easy, but it requires perseverance, um, it also requires attention and effort. And there's a, clear, clear, a, a clearly defined goal that we're striving for, right? So right now, if you're like me, you're thinking about this, the high school track, and you're thinking about a race, and you know, say, if, you, you know, so you know where the finish line is at, right? The lap around. Pretty similar. So the, so the Bible's talking about this race, and so I began to start reading about it and asking God, okay, well, wh- what do you have for our church? What do you have for me? And so today I'm, I'm really going to speak on 
what God's just been speaking to me. And so 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 26 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do, it, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. So this race, it's, it lasts a lifetime, okay? So we're kind of just setting this, this idea, right? If, if we're still breathing, if you're here, you're still in the race, right? Until, until we take our last breath, God has called us to run our race. And so it's important, but it's important for us to understand we're not in this alone, okay? Yes, we're going to talk about how God's called us to run our race, how the scripture says, but it's a team event. So think about it. Anybody ever, so I guess let me, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to use an acronym today to kind of explain the message. So if you are taking notes, this race, right? Relay, alignment, coaches, and endurance. Okay? I didn't come up with that. Okay? I had an old uh, friend who actually, so relay, alignment, coaches, and endurance. The first one, relay. You, do you know who gave us the baton, who passed this off to us? Jesus Christ, right? Dying on the cross, raising, rising from the grave, right? So he's the first one. He set it all in motion by what he did. And so just like in a relay, each member passes this baton. Christ has passed us the baton, but also... It's important for us to understand this race, it, it does affect other people because we're going to take our baton now and pass it on. And someone, maybe, maybe you know someone, maybe it was in fifth grade like me who gave you the baton, right? And showed you who Jesus was. And so as a church, we have to run our race and be ready to pass on the baton. Every generation needs regeneration, right? We have to regenerate what's going on. Um, number two, alignment. This one's important because a lot of times, what God would speak, we, ha we have to align our hearts on what he said about us, okay? Let me explain that. Each and every one of us are qualified for the race. So you may think, hmm, I'm coming up to the, I'm coming up to the line, and I'm coming up to, um, you know, where, you gotta, where we got to take off. So I'm picturing that. And, and you can't, we can't doubt that we're, he's already qualified us for this race, for our race. Okay? So because some of us, I think, we come to the starting blocks and – we're bringing a lot of baggage, a lot of uh, disbelief, a lot of regret and shame from failure, right? And so it's important for us to understand and align our hearts on what God says about us in order for us to take place in this race, okay? So he's qualified us. Colossians 12, 14, 12, 1, 12 through 14 says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father 
who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Acts 20 and 24, 20, 24 says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Okay, so we've been kind of hitting on this, but I think God's really like hammered. We, 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 we need to take on, we need to align our hearts to the fact that, for one, he's, he's already done something to give us, right? Now we have to run our race, but now he's already, he's qualified us. Align our hearts to understand, okay, we're qualified. What's our assignment? What does that verse say? That we all have a task, and that is to testify the good news of God's grace. Even though it's a team race, we got to individually take our place, okay? God's given us each a task. Don't you feel, sometimes I feel like it's, it's sometimes it's hard to stay on task, right? So, like in a, like in a race, right, you think about a track, what happens if you go into the other person's lane? Disqualified. God's telling us, stay in your lane. Right? Stay in your lane and keep your eyes on me. Because you can't run very fast if you're going like this. Looking right, running, looking left. We have to stay in our lane. And God has his lane What's our task? Our task is to share God's grace, to share his love. But our lane looks, everybody's lane looks different. For example, you may think, well, I'm just a school teacher. What is, ooh, like that's, that's your lane. So God's calling you to say, to be, if, you're, if I'm a student, I should be able to see you teaching and be like, okay, that's what Jesus would look like if he was teaching my class. Same thing. Apply that to your job, right? If you're working out whatever in the field or something, what would Jesus look like if he was working out here? So God is calling us, stay in your lane, but keep our eyes on him. How about this one? Have you ever been in, uh, in traffic, which right now there's not much traffic, but you get to the city, you're in traffic. I'm thinking about I-405 coming back. To, uh, to Othello from Seattle, and traffic builds up, right? And you're in your lane, and you start going. And you're looking back and forth, left and right, and you're thinking, that lane's moving faster. Am I the only one that goes back this way, and then you end up to the left, and then the person who's sitting right here, right next to you, is just like, just stay there, stay there. Stay in your lane. Because what happens is we may think, okay, that's comparison. We start looking left and right. This person's, that lane's moving faster. Or this, this one's going somewhere else. God's calling us to stay in our lane. When we don't stay in our lane, and the Bible's proof of this. You know who's proof of this? Saul. 
Saul was a king who got appointed. And the, the Bible talks like he was, he was a king. I mean, you talk about, he even call, says he, had, he was like a good-looking king. Like everybody respected him. He had this, God appointed him. He had a, this position for him. Then all of a sudden, David comes, and he starts to look. What, what is he doing? And what happens to Saul? Well, when we read the Bible, he, he had a big fall, right? So we need to stop looking left and right, keep our eyes on Jesus, and stay in our lane. Amen? Your lane is just as important as the, one, the person next to you. So we need to run in our lane. Psalms 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Do you know he's made each and every one of us unique? He, he, fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't, we don't need to compare ourselves. God has something for each of us. Why must we take place in this race? Right? So that's a question I think. I think last week, we, or the week before, it's like, well, why, why are we even serving God? What's the whole point? And we said, because why? Someone needs what you have. But what about this race? Because you may be here and, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. God, yeah, I'm okay. Why must we take place in this race? What is, what is, what is God saying about it? 2 Corinthians 6.1 says, as God's co-workers... We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know what, what stands out to me? Don't, don't let what he did be in vain. Okay? Meaning, what he did on the cross for us, needs to have a significance. Don't let it be in vain. Don't let it be, don't just knock it off. Oh, that's, that's, that's not that important. Or, um, because I think sometimes we, we, we can be, we can come to church and forget the actual price he paid for our lives, right? So we don't, we, we think about him as far over there, when in reality, he's, he's right there and he's asking us to, to tap in and to run our race. Don't receive his grace in vain. Don't receive his grace in vain. It's like if someone did something for you and you just said, okay, well, thank you, but I'm going to come over here. I'm not going to actually thank you with my life. God's calling us, hey, don't receive his grace in vain. And maybe, I don't, I don't know what he's telling you, but for me it was like, okay, let's go. I'm calling you to this church to be pastors. Do you see my grace on your life now? What do you, I mean, are you going to serve me? Right? He's not actually telling me that with audible voice, but it's like there's a challenge there. Don't receive God's grace in vain, okay? Someone needed to hear that. Um, if, we see, if we see grace as Jesus running our race, we can get complacent, meaning don't sit on the bench. We're called to action. He's called us to run our race. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 
says, it, For it is by the grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, nothing we did. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to, good, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We've been saved from something, but we've been also saved for something. Okay? So, it's important for us as a church, as a body, for that to be our culture, that to be what we stand on. God saved us from something. We acknowledge that. We don't receive that in vain. But now he saved us for something. Okay? So, this is, and, 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 and Paul talks about that and how he gives his life and, and for it to not be in vain. He gives his, his entire life. Okay, third point. So, we talked about relay. God's given us the baton to run our race. Alignment, we're qualified. So if you come in here, you think, I got too much baggage. I can't run my race. I got to clean myself self up before I come to Christ, come to Jesus. No. Jesus has qualified us. Okay, so we're ready to run. So now it's like, ah, I got, okay, I'm ready to run. I'm qualified. I understand who's given me this, this task. Now it's, okay, I, I need a coach. I need coaches. Because this race is not easy. This race can throw you off the track like that. And if you don't got people in your life. So let me read this. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are you in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. That is so good. And I think the world understands this sometimes a little bit better than the church. Right? We think, because me playing, playing professional baseball, I had a coach for every single thing. There was a strength coach. There was a specific skilled coach, right, for your position. There was a hitting coach. There's defensive coach. There's a mental game coach. We had people hired to come in and speak to us about the importance of our mentality. There's a, like a, you know, the rehab coach. So there's, there's all these coaches, and I think the, the, the world really understands this, especially the higher you go in your profession, you're, you start to understand, okay, I need people in my life to help me grow. The same thing for the church. So we have to understand, we need to encourage one another and be there for one another in order to grow. Amen? So, you never get to a place where you don't need a coach. We need to have a spiritual coach, but also we need to be a spiritual coach for someone. And maybe you're not there, but I know there's a lot. Of, we have some, some people in this church that God's called you to be a spiritual coach, but you're not done growing. You're not done running your race. So, I think it's important for all of us, no matter where we are, we need to understand the importance of coaches. Coaches, not critics. Okay? So, we have to be able to identify the difference, right? In order for us to grow. Coaches help, critics hurt. Coaches build up, critics tear down. A coach will invest in you so that 
you're going to be at your best. A critic's just going to want to get you off the field so that. So it's important for us to understand. And maybe that's your prayer today. Maybe you leave here, God, who, who, do you, how, who do I need to connect with? Because I do need this accountability. I need these coaches. I need this encouragement to run my race. Because we do need to be challenged. But it's important that you have the right people. Because it, it's, it's important to be challenged. But it's also important that the person that, that you're coaching or your coach, it's not hurting you. And a lot of times we can be hurt by the wrong people or by the wrong message someone's trying to send us. So let's invest in each other and build each other up as we run this race. Amen? Okay, the final one, the E, endurance. I'm going to read again Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Just listen to it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. He endured the cross. Let's, let's really, let's think about that, okay? It's, this is not something that's a fairy tale. As Christians, it takes, it, it, our whole belief is based off of faith, right? We receive this grace in faith. But it's important for us to understand what he did. He endured the cross. So, why would, and he's saying, you, you, it's run this race with perseverance. Because why? Because there's going to have to be, you're going to endure something. And there's going to come a time where there is opposition. And, a lot, and sometimes it doesn't look how we always think about it, right? Because opposition can be, well, I have... Uh, like you're, you, you're spending too much time on your phone, right? For me, it's, and I'm just going to be real, I spent, like my wife would tell you, I can just get lost in YouTube. And sometimes I'm like, okay, well, so, but God's calling us to run this race with endurance. And that's kind of silly, but it's also like unforgiveness, right? Holding on to something. Someone's hurt you, and now you're like, or getting offended. How many times I think have we, and this happens in church more than anything, we're offended by one thing someone says, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm done, right? But how are we supposed to win the world if we can't endure does that make sense? God's calling us to, to run our race with endurance. Think about the people who came before us when we, when we read the word, because the word, I mean, a lot of, that's where we, the disciples, 11 out of 12, didn't, didn't just die a normal, a normal death, right? They were martyrs. Think about the people who were burnt for this for this gospel. 
don't receive that in vain. We have, it may look a little different nowadays, and there is still challenges. It's not saying one's worse than the other, because I'm sure, which I don't know, that one seems a lot worse, actually. Being put to death for something you believe, right? And I think God's calling us to say, hey, there, there is going to be opposition. Not all your friends are going to like you. Not everyone you work with is going to be okay. But guess what? I've called you to run this way through, with endurance. Okay? Resistance builds strength. When you, when you come across something that is, it's, it's, it's causing resistance, God's just building you up. And what, not only he's strengthening you, and he, but he is, he's telling you, run this race with endurance. So when this is all said and done, this is what we, this is what we would want to hear. Second Timothy four seven. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Philippians three thirteen through fourteen says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do: forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind. He has qualified us for this race today. Don't, don't, like, it's so easy to come to church and, and not realize what he did. He's called us, forget it, because guess what? There's something out there for you that's way better. And we have to take hold of that as a church and as a people because guess what? There's, there is. He has this internal prize. It's way better than, than, than running for this prize that it's just here on earth, basically, right? And so run this race, forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards the goal. Forgetting disappointment. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? I'm, oh, man, I, it could have been like this. Well, oh, if I didn't do that, I would have had this. And now you're at this point where God's saying, okay, today is the most important day of your life, right now. So understand what I've called you to. I've called you forward. I haven't called, don't look back. That's why, that's why that front, that front in, in your car, it's a lot bigger than the back, right? Because we have to look forward. It's, it's obvious. That's what God's called us to do. And so we got to run this race with endurance. Whether we started this race already, whether we've been knocked off the track, whether you've come in here with, with weight holding you down and you feel like, I can't start running, it's too hard. No, he's qualified us. He said, God is calling us to run our race today. He just says, okay, just say go, right? Just go. Walk out, walk out of here, and whatever he's calling you to do, whatever lane you're in, just go. When he speaks to you, listen, just go. Why do we go? And I heard this from uh, Todd White. He says, why do we go? Because two-thirds of God is go. So, Take that step because he's going to be with you. Isn't that good?
Yeah, I said, what? In the... That's good. Just go, because two-thirds of God is go. When we decide to go, he gives us the grace to run our race. Okay, and then I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this again because this is, this is information, but the Holy Spirit, and he, he is speaking to each one of us, and information doesn't bring transformation. Okay, so as, as we leave this place today, as we go on throughout the week, let's actually start activating what God is doing in our hearts. It takes a step of faith. It does. But that's, that's what church is about. Church isn't about coming here, singing the songs, you know, having announcements, and then preaching, and then we're, okay, that was a good word, that was good. No, what is God speaking to you? What is he telling you? What is he telling you to activate? So as we, uh, as we go, as we grow, and as things start to open up, Let's really press in on, God, what do you have for me? And what, where do you call it, what does my race look like? Maybe you're confused and you're just like, I feel like I am running my race because I come to church and I go to work and I'm living a good life. Don't receive his grace in vain. Do something, go all in, all your chips on God. He's not going to leave you out to dry.